Chapter Four of the Heart of Philura by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: A Spot Where Spirits Blend. I wonder," said Mrs. Pettibone timidly, "if you would tell me something, honest and truly, black and bluely, as the children say, or at least," she corrected herself, "as they used to say when I was a child." It was a long time ago, and perhaps... Oh, come, come, Miss Philura, protested the minister, who was in the act of struggling into his greatcoat, a very shabby coat, by the way. You are not old, and you never will be. And I'll tell you anything and everything you want to know, up to the limit of my knowledge, cross my heart and hope to die, as they used to say when I was a boy, way back in the last century. <laughs> He stooped and kissed his wife, who stood waiting for him, clad in her waterproof and second-best hat. She coloured becomingly as her husband surveyed her with smiling eyes. In truth, those delicate girlish blushes, and the trick she had of lowering her lashes before his direct gaze, lent a perennially youthful look to her small face. It was Thursday evening and as the two stepped from the shelter of their porch, large blobs of wet snow, like pallid hands reaching down out of the darkness, smote against their faces. Two or three church bells, unattuned as the rival doctrines they strove to voice, were tolling dismally. "'I'm afraid we shan't have many out to meeting tonight,' the minister was saying. Mrs. Pettibone sighed. Faint as the sound was, he heard it. "'You must be tired after all that gardening, dear,' he protested. "'Why not go back and stop by the fire?' "'Oh, no, no, I'm not a bit tired. "'I was only wondering.' "'Oh, I had forgotten. "'Out with it, little woman.' "'She hesitated, and he felt her fingers tighten upon his arm. "'Perhaps I'm dreadfully wicked to even think of such a thing, but... Do you, do you really like prayer meeting? Do I really like prayer meeting? Isn't that rather what one might call a leading question to put to your pastor? Yes, it is, she acknowledged, with what she felt to be almost brazen calm. But you said you'd tell me. Hmm, mused the minister, smiling to himself under cover of the darkness. Why? So I did. And the question is, do I like? Yes. Do you? Oh, I ought to. Heaven knows. If I don't, isn't it my own fault? Oh, no, she said, still calm and bold beyond her wont. No, she repeated, still more firmly. It is not your fault. Now I... She paused, as if to choose her dreadful words with scrupulous care. I dislike and dread prayer meeting. There, I said it. My dear, cried the minister, honestly aghast. You don't really mean... Yes, I do. I've been thinking for a long time, ever since we were married. I didn't mind it so much before. Do forgive me, I oughtn't to have said it. 
the minister had unconsciously quickened his long stride so that the little woman at his side was half running to keep up please forgive me she entreated breathlessly i'm not angry he assured her i'm only surprised and ashamed but what shall i do we've got to have a prayer meeting and he cleared his throat argumentatively the upper room in jerusalem he went on where the disciples were gathered with one accord in one place furnishes the example my dear the church is bound to follow it don't you see miss Fuliora? it would never do to give it up they wanted something murmured the lady he persisted in miscalling they wanted something real perhaps they didn't know exactly what it was but they wanted it besides they were afraid of the hostile jews yes he approved and they received their reward in the shape of cloven flames of fire the gift of tongues and all the rest it was a magnificent demonstration and example but we don't get anything persisted the gentle carping voice at his elbow elder trimmer and deacon buckthorn and sister salter be careful my dear warned the minister somebody might be coming behind us they tell god things when they pray as if he had never even heard of innisfield she pursued sotto voce and when mrs buckthorn prays for the pastor i good evening mr pettibone interrupted a majestically nasal voice out of the darkness and a large figure loomed up in the immediate foreground i was just coming out of my house and i thought to myself seems to me i hear philura rice's voice how are you this evening philura thus invoked the minister's wife all pink and trembling confessed to a degree of health as if it were a crime i really can't bring myself yet to call you mrs pettibone when i recall many many years you sat under my instruction in the sabbath school as philura rice i little thought in those days that i was a chosen vessel for sowing the good seed in our pastor's second wife no indeed how little do we realise our responsibilities the first mrs pettibone was living at that time i recall quite a different type of woman from yourself philura mary pettibone was too good for this wicked world as i've often and often remarked to mr buckthorn the lady heaved a windy sigh as she slowly descended the steps leading to the basement room where the prayer meetings were held there was a subtle air of reproof in mrs buckthorn's manner as she shook the clinging snow from her garments in the dimly lighted vestibule yes my dear philura she went on sibilantly with a final comprehensive clash of her jetted cape more than once of late i have wrestled before the throne of grace in your behalf it has been borne in on me that you stand in special need at this time mrs buckthorn was a tall stout person of a cast of features the minister's wife had more than once compared with the dreadfully fascinating portrait of the pharaoh of the oppression as depicted in the back of her teacher's bible mrs buckthorn's resemblance to the mummy of rameses the second was more strongly marked than common as she turned to the pastor who was in the act of depositing his umbrella in a remote corner grown sadly wise during a long pastorate 
he had observed that parishioners even of the most sanctified type sometimes appropriate the ministerial umbrella i learn to-day mr pettibone that you have not yet called upon an influential family which has recently moved into the old eggleston place i was sorry to hear it ah said mr pettibone urbanely but i was not aware if you had asked me anticipated mrs buckthorn i could have told you the very day they came to town her large wagging forefinger pointed as it were the moral two weeks ago yesterday in all that rain you may recall the storm we had philura the expressman called at our house for a package i make it a rule to send our outworn winter garments to the salvation army at this time of year and as i was saying john snyder had six trunks on the wagon i counted them myself six trunks marked c but snyder insists the name is hill i do hope and trust you'll not delay to visit them mr pettibone if the methodists but the minister turning a troubled though benevolent smile upon the wife of his senior deacon was holding wide the door for the two ladies to precede him all in good time my dear mrs buckthorn he said and thank you for letting me know his quick eye took in at a glance the sparse sprinkling of men and women on the wooden benches he knew them well the faithful few he was accustomed to apostrophize them in his opening prayer making mention also of the familiar promise relating to the gathering of the two or three and the mystic unseen presence in their midst the cracked bell overhead ceased its complaining the minister mechanically reached for his hymn-book Elector pratt was already in her place before the wheezy little cabinet organ let us sing him five hundred and twenty-eight omitting if you please the second stanza he heard himself saying in his usual forensic voice then like one in a dream wherein many braided streams of thought mingle confusedly he listened to the weak discordant singing with his wife's thin clear soprano striving through it from every stormy wind that blows from every swelling tide of woes there is a calm a sure retreat tis found beneath the mercy seat a sudden gust of sleet pattered against the tall uncurtained windows one of the malodorous gas-jets flared up in a stealthy draught deacon scrimger rose stiffly and tiptoed across the room to turn it down there is a spot where spirits blend where friend holds fellowship with friend mrs buckthorn was singing loudly nasally her pious glance upturned to the dingy ceiling mr pettibone sighed his troubled eyes resting for an instant on the small meek figure of his wife her face under the unfashionable hat-brim looked unnaturally pale and delicate in the flickering yellow light resolutely he took up his bible and turned to the passage he had selected and marked an hour ago in his study that was before he knew philura disliked and dreaded prayer-meeting Then 
with entire unexpectedness a sick distaste for the ugly ill-lighted room for the stout complacent matron in the front row of seats for the hawk-nosed old man with his shifty eyes sitting behind her for elector pratt and the battered instrument at which she presided surged up within him he read the familiar words coldly stiffly aware of his wife's timidly repentant gaze upon his face and more remotely of elector pratt in the act of absorbing a cough drop while she stealthily turned the pages of the hymnal in search of a tune devoid of supernumerary flats and sharps at his pastor's formal request elder trimmer arose to lead in prayer mr trimmer was the enterprising proprietor of innisfield's largest store the trimmer dry goods emporium to make use of its owner's chosen designation in just what manner mr trimmer had been led to entertain the belief that the continued prosperity of the emporium as well as the length of his days depended in some unexplained manner upon the regularity of his attendance at the stated meetings of the church his pastor only vaguely understood but this appeared to be the case mr trimmer was setting forth the matter circumstantially and at great length in phraseology borrowed indiscriminately from milton's paradise lost the psalms and the pauline epistles he spoke of his miraculous conversion from the way of sinners of his blessed experiences since he first met the lord of his godly sorrow over lost souls passing on after a brief but pointed allusion to the heathen in foreign lands to the condition of the presbyterian church in innisfield this particular outpost of zion mr trimmer confidentially informed deity was in a most lamentable condition the saints presumably excepting the proprietor of the emporium were languishing the walls were broken down and there appeared with one notable exception to be no one who felt a flaming zeal in the subject of their upbuilding meanwhile the wicked flourished like a green bay tree and the devil went about like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour with no one to let or hinder in view of this untoward condition of affairs mr trimmer in a loud and truculent voice demanded that the pastor of the church might be visited from on high that his lips might be touched with a live coal from off the altar and that he might be more faithful in the performance of his duty then evidently fearing misapprehension either on the part of the most high or mr pettibone the fervid petitioner kindly enumerated these duties as he mr trimmer saw them it was a masterly effort even for elder trimmer mrs buckthorn heaved a pious sigh as she murmured in the ear of the pastor's wife my what a beautiful prayer mr pettibone pilloried in the leader's seat nervously fingered his hymn-book while elector pratt suggested a number in her loud buzzing whisper blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in christian love bleated the discordant chorus but the voice of all others he listened for and loved no longer pierced the weak clamour with its pure sweet note they were walking soberly homeward in the quiet starlight which april-wise had followed rain and snow and sleet like the sound of the still small voice 
i wish he said almost roughly that i had learned the art of bricklaying or house-building or anything useful and honest i fear i'm a complete failure as a minister of christ's gospel that prayer-meeting now it was no worse than common i suppose but oh somehow i never thought it could be anything else oh it's all my fault she murmured contritely i ought not to have spoken as i did what you said was entirely just he told her firmly but the presence in the midst how could it remain there a single instant to-night oh she breathed with the impetuous little gesture he knew so well it is everywhere it is the all-encircling good we couldn't escape it even if we tried so we declare in our creeds he sighed but i am so utterly unimaginative so dull i fear i forget sometimes everything we need yes or want is in the encircling good she went on dreamily you were there and i didn't even know it it was only when i asked and believed that you came silas pettibone did not attempt a reply instead he absent-mindedly patted the hand that rested on the sleeve of his shabby greatcoat at the moment he was very far from understanding his wife's changing mood we must make a round of visits to-morrow my dear he said after a lengthening pause if a family has moved into the old eggleston place somebody must show themselves friendly and that much we can do oh there's a young woman there his wife informed him unexpectedly oh when did you oh i met her walking in the grove back of the house the other day i was looking for arbutus she'd been crying i think at least her eyes hmm mused the minister she was a tall handsome girl and she seemed angry because well, at least i thought it was because i met her all of a sudden when she supposed herself to be quite alone of course i apologised and told her i thought the house was unoccupied it had been for so long you know and you made some inquiries my dear i hope you let her know who you were it might serve to introduce us i'm afraid i forgot about being the minister's wife i'm not very used to it yet i tried to comfort her but she wouldn't listen she said she hated the place and it is lonesome up there you know then i asked her if she wouldn't tell me her name and she said it was sylvia sylvia cruden and she was married but i'm sure she looked more like a child in her teens End of chapter four